Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashoms in Abuja, Nigeria and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we have the second part of an exclusive interview with Swansea City and Gambia striker Modu Barrow. He tells us about what the life of a top footballer is like and also gives some insight into the qualities of teammate Andre Ayew of Ghana. Everybody knows that uh, Ayew is a good player because he's intelligent. He, he knows where to be in the box to score the goals and uh, he works for the team, you know. Also, Barrow tells us who he thinks is the best team in the English Premier League this season. And we ask him if top footballers are paid too much money. Plus a roundup of how African players are doing in England as Nigeria's Emmanuel Emenike scores twice for West Ham in the FA Cup fifth round. So that's all coming up on the show. But let's start with a word on a club that's arguably the strongest in the whole of Africa right now. That's TP Mazembe of DR Congo. Mazembe beat Etoile du Sahel of Tunisia last weekend 2-1 to win a third African Super Cup. This the annual contest where the CAF Champions League winners played the CAF Confederation Cup winners. Some consolation for Mazembe for a poor showing at the FIFA Club World Cup in December and a winning start for new coach Hubert Velou, a Frenchman who's formerly been in charge of Togo. A good win this for TP Mazembe Solomon. For me, there is no doubt that TP Mazembe is the best club in Africa right now. The way they've been playing, they've mastered playing African opponents, speed from the south, from the west, from the north of Africa. They are really ready for just anyone, and they're very ambitious. Uh, we like that. But the sad part of it is uh, anything outside the African continent, like competing in the World Club Cup, you know, it was so disappointing to see them losing two games in a row and not really doing so well. And I thought they were really going to represent Africa and really fight against the Oceanic teams, against the Asian teams, and even against the South American team uh, to be able to get some sort of a good result. I do hope that that would be a huge lesson for them uh, as they go into the new season. I know they want to retain the African Champions League uh, trophy, you know, and I do hope that for the club it's going to be a huge lesson in where they are going to. I know their precedent is not going to be. Uh, contended with just winning games across the African continent, you would want to make a a statement when it comes to global football. And for every club that is very ambitious, uh, that is a target. And I do hope they will learn from it. Yes, TP Mazembe, runners-up at the FIFA Club World Cup in 2010, but not shining last year. So we'll see what this year holds for them. Well, now from TP Mazembe to another of Africa's all-time greatest clubs, that's Zamalek of Egypt. The five-time African champions have had four coaches this season, with former Scotland manager Alex McLeish set to take over from former Tottenham striker Mido, who was fired three weeks ago. McLeish left Belgium club Genk last year and was linked with Zamalek before Mido started his second spell in charge in January. Well, Mido's latest spell lasted just 37 days and seven games with Zamalek, who are currently second behind Cairo rivals Al-Athli in the Egyptian Premier League. Well, Mido became the third coach sacked by the club this season following the dismissals of Jesuado Ferreira and Paqueta. So how do you see this appointment of Alex McLeish, Solomon? 
Steve, I must say it is a shock for me to see and hear about the appointment of Alex McLeish, the former Scotland coach, former Rangers. He had coached Nottingham Forest. He has coached uh, also Aston Villa in the English Premier League. But you also you have to look at Zamalek. Zamalek this season has sacked three coaches already. Alex McLeish is the fourth coach uh, that is appointed by the Zamalek uh, team. You know... The club is sitting second on the Egyptian league table. So sometimes you ask questions, why do you really need to change uh, coaches? Uh, McLeish has a lot of international experiences. But the thing is, Alex McLeish has never coached uh, within the African continent. He's never coached any club or country around Africa. And uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, he's coaching a, a, a team called Zamalek that, you know, they chop and change coaches uh, quite a lot. Uh, you know, because they need to see results. The Egyptian league is very competitive. Uh, Zamalek wouldn't want to fold their arms and see Al-Khali uh, or Arab contractors doing so well, uh, you know, and they're not doing so well. And remember last season, they won the, the, the Egyptian league. So this season, they have to defend it. But I felt maybe uh, Hassan Mido, as a young coach, deserved some sort of a time for him to be able to uh, build himself well as a coach. Uh, but with a, co- with a team like Zamalek, there's a, a quest for quick results. There's a push for uh, a result now. You have to get that result now. And uh, it is going to be uh, really difficult for Alex McLeish. But again, with the experiences he has gathered as a coach uh, for so many years now, that is going to come to work for him. Uh, and I do hope that he, he does well with, with Zamalek. Uh, you know, but we have to see and get to a place where African clubs don't just stop and change. In, in one season, uh, not even the end of the season yet, you've had uh, four coaches already. And that, that is not really uh, a good way to, to manage. And, and that's not really... Uh, a good uh, reputation that clubs are, are creating. It would affect the players sometimes and also um, affect, uh, you know, uh, the way other local coaches look at uh, coaching certain clubs. Uh, so so we have to really go around that and, and try to maintain, uh, you know, a number of coaches uh, for certain years just for the sake of consistency. But all the best to um, coach Alex McLeish. Yes, he's really in a hot seat there at Zamalek. Thanks, Solomon. And next on Planet Sport Football Africa, the second part of an exclusive interview with Swansea City and Gambia striker Modu Barrow. Barrow is 23 and he moved from the Gambia to Sweden when he was 10 years old. He became the first Gambian to play in the English Premier League when he joined Swansea City in 2014. Stuart Weir went to Swansea to speak to Barrow and last week we heard how playing in the English Premier League has been a dream come true for Barrow. Sir Barrow has lived most of his life in Sweden and in the second part of this interview, Stuart asked about the comments that Barrow has made about it being important to give back to those back home. Yeah, if I, if I say give back, it's uh, you know, to help, you know, because we have a lot of players here in Europe, not only in England, but uh, in Europe that uh, are playing and some of them live here without playing football, but they work, you know. It's, it's important, you know, when you succeed, if God help you, to help other people, you know, to survive, to eat and to be happy. So, And even the young kids that uh, are there in Gambia playing football, they are really talented, but uh, they don't have opportunities because nobody is trying to do a lot. But now, I, you know, Swansea want to help and uh, I was talking to this other woman who used to go there and take stuff with them. So now Swansea want to help with coaches to send some coaches there to do the work and everything. So I'm going to be involved, you know, to give like the, the kids like me 
when I was playing football in Gambia, opportunity to come out to be good and help their family and help the country. And that's really all happening because you've come to Swansea? Yeah, yeah. Tell me a bit about Andre Ayew, another African player, your teammate. You know, what are his strengths as a player? Yeah, he's a he's a good player. You know, everybody know that uh, Ayew is a good player because he's intelligent. He he know where to be in the box to score the goals, and uh, he work for the team. You know, and uh, he's a good guy. To be honest, you know, I talk to him. He talk to me. He give me advice. You know, like because he always you know he's he want me to play as much as possible he want to help me because he know that I'm I'm young but I'm a good player as well so his strength is amazing his qualities you know so he's a good guy some people have been surprised how many goals he's scored you watch him training every day and so on so are you surprised how well he's done no I'm not surprised you know because uh, like I say he's an African player because you could see before in national team and in France you know you can see that he have the quality to score goals because he's been in the game for long, you know. He's intelligent, so I'm not surprised because his football is intelligent. He just make it simple for himself and get where he can get the ball to score. So mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. People always love to know what the life of a footballer is like. So how many days in the week do you train? You know, like when we play Saturdays, we get Sunday off and Monday we back in and we play Saturday again. So we train like five, five days, play one game. In the weekend, that's six and one day off, so six days. And sort of what different things do you do in training? Yeah, we do a lot of different things, you know, depend to the opponent we are playing against. And uh, we focus a lot about how we play because we like to keep the ball in the ground. We like to keep the ball in the ground, play football and enjoy the way we are playing. So we focus a lot about in, uh, in that thing. But uh, we do different things, tactical and you know, position, we do a lot of position games because, like I said before, we like to keep the ball on the ground, so we do different stuff. And how much is fitness? Is it mainly just skills and preparing for games? We do gym, you know, like twice in a week at the training and uh, fitness, you know, because of the way we train, we, you know, we play football on the ground, but we do with tempo and, you know, the tempo, you know, it's really quick if you compare it to where I was in Sweden or other places, it's really quick here. You know, you play against players that, that are really intelligent, so they know what to do before they get the ball. So from there, you can get your your fitness, you know, by running and chasing every time, you know. We do a, a lot of running sometimes, you know, with the, the fishers, like four runnings, quick ones, you know, long distance. So, And at the moment, Swansea are just out of the relegation it's been an odd season for you with three different managers you know how does that affect you as a player that don't affect us a lot but uh, to be honest you know when uh, our old manager went you know monk I was you know I was disappointed because I know that things was going bad but every club used to have that kind of season once you know sometimes Liverpool you see how it went for them and uh, the other clubs you know sometimes things go wrong not every, not not the full season, but like ten, eleven games. You have to go through those kind of periods, you know. But he was a good manager for the club, and uh, he believed in every player, even me. But uh, that don't affect us a lot because we know that we have uh, this good quality, and with with the manager we have before or without the manager, we were still gonna go out, get out of that relegation thing, and start to climb up, you know. But to think about the relegation we are not thinking about that because uh, 
we have good team, good players. We, we're going to get out of that trouble. You talked about some of the bigger teams. You know, what can a team like Swansea achieve in the Premier League? A team like Swansea, I think Swansea, they are building you know, a good team every year. They are building little by little. And uh, I think in uh, like some years' time, two, you know, two, three years' time, if they keep building you know, this thing we are having right now and the way we play, mm. I think we can make it big. Because if you look at Leicester now, the, from last season they was in the relegation zone like we like us, and now they are like forcing the table. So football turn around quick, like I said before. Now I think you've played against just about all the top teams this season. So who do you think is the best team in the Premier League this year? The best team, I think Arsenal. Arsenal, you know, they have uh, everything, you know, in the squad. They have every kind of players, you know, different kind of players. Mm-hmm. They have quick players. They have good target player. The midfielders are incredible with the ball on the defenders. So I think, to be honest, you know, Arsenal, are, I'm surprised because they are really good. They did really well this season, to be honest. Interesting, though, that Arsenal never spent as much money as, say, Manchester City or Chelsea, but they seem to produce the players, as you say. Yeah, you know, that's the spot right now, you know. If you see players that uh, are talented and if they have opportunity and they are hungry and they, if they have confidence, you need to give them chance to play because if you give them chance to play, they can uh, surprise you. And uh, not only for one season, but for two, three, the third season, they're going to be doing really well as a team and the way they play. So that's important to you know, build your own players and make them better players. Maybe in two, three years, they can win the league. You never know. There's a lot of money in the Premier League and there's a the new television contract. I mean, everyone likes to earn a lot of money, but you know, I, I've met one or two African players who said that they sometimes find it difficult that they have so much compared to what people back home have. Do you have any issues dealing with having the money you have? No, no. To be honest, you know, as a football player, you, you sacrifice a lot. You know, you sacrifice a lot. You, know, you work hard every day. You know, God choose people, you know, and put something in them that will make them uh, get what they are working for and uh, as a football player you sacrifice a lot you work hard every day you know if you think about my situation living in Gambia moved to Sweden you know training every day even when it was snowing I was outside running you know so sometimes you, you know you deserve it but you have to make sure that uh, you help the others you know that uh, don't have food at home you know they don't they cannot afford it and uh, the money you have as a football player you deserve it with thinking about everything, you sacrifice yourself, you walk every day, you run, you do many things, you deserve the money, but you cannot forget to help back home or your neighbour or people that uh, don't have. Well, really fascinating insights there. That's Swansea City and Gambia striker Modu Barrow talking to Stuart Weir. And more from him on next week's show as he answers listeners' questions. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. You can follow us on Twitter. The address is at Planet Sport FA. You can keep in touch with news about the show and African football news. The Twitter handle at Planet Sport FA. And our website is planetsportfootballafrica.com. You can listen to each week's show on the website and find out more about the team. And you can see our pictures there in case you're wondering what we all look like. The website, planetsportfootballafrica.com. And now we turn to Facebook and to WhatsApp. 
This year, the race to win the English Premier League is more open than it's been for years. With just 12 rounds of matches to go, there are only six points between the top four clubs. So last week we asked, which team do you think will win this year's English Premier League title? And again, we've had a huge response. Bakary Sonko in the Gambia says, I'm going for Leicester City. They're really setting the standard this season. Man City are unpredictable and inconsistent Tottenham don't have the mentality. Arsenal are a serial failure. Their title hope is just a great love affair like Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> uh, on Facebook, Abley Osise agrees. Mark my words, says Abley. Leicester City will go all the way and be champions. The skillful Mares, the combative Conte and the clinical Vardy will steer them all the way. Cherno Bobo Bisang in the Gambia says Leicester City will be champions. David Nakwaya in Namibia says, I think Leicester will win. And Sam in Malawi says, Leicester, no doubt. Alan MJ Campbell from Sierra Leone says Leicester will win because they're not involved in other competitions and so don't have distractions, which might have been a hindrance to them. On the other hand, many believe this year's title is heading to North London. Mamadou Magasuba in the Gambia says, I know Leicester are top of the table, but it's very hard for them to win. With 12 games to go, each game will be like a cup final. For me, I think Leicester can't make it. Arsenal are the favourites to win the title. Alfred Lightfoot-Taylor in Sierra Leone agrees. He says, I genuinely don't think Leicester can cope with the pressure of holding teams back due to their limited experience, unlike the other top four teams, so I'll have to opt for Arsenal. Alfred Mdimba in Malawi says Arsenal will be champions. Albert Kadzombe, also in Malawi, says it's Arsenal for me. They'll be consistent over the final 12 games. And Cherno Jallo in the Gambia says, I'm confident the Gunners will win it this time around. Alpha Jallo in the Gambia says, I think Arsenal will be champions this year because if they don't win this title, it'll be very difficult for them next season with the arrival of Pep Guardiola to Manchester City. So bearing that in mind, Arsene Wenger will implement every tactic to make sure they win the Premier League this season. Man City are a favourite of many to win this season, even before Pep Guardiola's arrival at the end of the season, although they are currently six points behind Leicester in fourth place. Amadou Touray, a Gambian living in Italy, is one. He says, I'm going for Man City because they did it late when they won the Premier League title two times in five years. So I have no doubt they can do it again at the last minute. Vincent Bass in the Gambia also goes for Manuel Pellegrini's team. He says it's very difficult to predict who the winner will be at the end of the season, but I'd like to vote for Manchester City as the favourites as they have more experience. Lamine Jami says, truly, Man City will be there and take the trophy. However, Desmond Tunde Koka in Sierra Leone says, honestly, I think Tottenham will win this year's Premier League. They're playing very enterprising football. And Amadou Mane agrees, saying simply Tottenham will win it. But the race is so tight that some, like Ugis Sis, just can't decide. My prediction for the Premiership, says Ugis, is between Arsenal and Man City. Leicester still have a chance since they're the table toppers, but there's a lot to play for with 12 games still remaining. Well, we counted up all of the votes. This is how the result panned out. Uh, Leicester have 44% of the vote, followed by Arsenal with 36%, third Man City with 11%, and then Tottenham with 7%. So most of you believe Leicester City can maintain pole position and win this year's title. But there is still a long way to go, and a lot can still change. Uh, finally, Yusufa Silla in the Gambia says, I always enjoy listening to your sports news. 
Well, thanks a lot for that, uh, Yusufa, and we're glad to hear that you're enjoying the show. Well, thanks for all of those comments, and it's always great to hear from you and to talk football. This week, we'd love to hear your views on the new FIFA president. The elections were scheduled for Friday, so this week's show was recorded before the vote. But on Facebook and WhatsApp, do tell us if you think that the new FIFA president is the right man for the job, and will he be good for African football? Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. We'll go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, and you're always welcome to talk about any footballing matter that interests you. Well, now let's continue with action in Europe. Uh, what a performance from Barcelona in the UEFA Champions League, beating Arsenal two nil away in their round of 16 first leg game on Tuesday. The firepower of Messi, Suarez, and Neymar too much for the Gunners. And then Yaya Toure scored a great goal for Man City on Wednesday as he curled in a powerful shot from the edge of the area as Man City won 3-1 away to Dinamo Kiev. The Ivorian could have had another earlier on, but his goal looks to have put City in with a clear chance of reaching the quarter-finals. And Nigeria's Kelechi Iher Nacho came on as a substitute in stoppage time to make his Champions League debut. Meanwhile, in England, we had a fifth round matches in the FA Cup last weekend. Stuart Weir joins us from the UK. And Stuart, a lot of African players in the thick of the action. Yes, I think the game to start with is West Ham beating Blackburn Rovers 5-1. And we saw Emmanuel Emeniki scoring two goals. And actually, he had the ball in the net a third time, but it was ruled to be offside. And Victor Moses, making it a real good day for Nigeria, also scored. Now, the West Ham manager, Slavin Bilic, said of Emeniki, he's strong, he's fast, and he's the kind of player who scores goals. Just to mention one other player uh, who scored for West Ham, that's Dimitri Payet, another of their recent signings. He scored two goals, including a stunning free kick. He really is taking the Premier League by storm, and... Uh, Slavon Bilic, the manager, commented on him too and said, he's even better than Zidane. Well, you know, that's a pretty good comment to make about someone. And Senegal's Sheku Kouyaté getting a red card in that game. But West Ham have won their appeal against the decision and the decision and the one-match ban was overturned by an independent FA regulatory commission. So Kouyaté can now play against Sunderland this weekend in the league. Uh, now Stuart, Crystal Palace won 1-0 away to Tottenham. So Togo's Emmanuel Adebayor won against his former team. We sort of joked last time about Adebayor being paid by Tottenham and playing for Crystal Palace. Well, Crystal Palace beat Tottenham and Adebayor played the first 75 minutes and then was replaced by Yannick Bolassi. Great to see him back after injury. Well, it was quite an amusing game because Adebayor was initially jeered by the Tottenham fans, but when he did anything wrong, then the Crystal Palace fans started chanting, that's why you're paying him, that's why you're paying him. <laughs> so uh, good humour among the fans there, but a good win for Crystal Palace, taking them into the last eight of the FA Cup. The point we're making, of course, is that because of the deal between the clubs that he's still a Tottenham player on loan to Crystal Palace, and Tottenham are still paying him something like $50,000 a week. Well, get your head around that one. Chelsea beat Man City 5-1, but Man City put out a team which only included one first-team regular, so it was quite an easy game for Chelsea. Baba Raman of Ghana got a full game. 
Among the Chelsea goalscorers was Bertrand Traore, who not only scored but also hit the post. Now, we have been talking about him a little bit. He only got 20 minutes on the pitch, but this was the third time he scored for Chelsea in the last month. So, uh, things looking good for him. Kelechi Iheanacho played the whole game for Manchester City. Arsenal drew with Hull, with Alex Iwobi playing for most of the game. Hull, of course, had a strong African contingent with Ahmed El Mohamedi from Egypt, Solo Aluko from Nigeria, both on the pitch, and Mohamed Diami from Senegal, an unused substitute. Good performance by Hull, getting a draw there. The shock of the round was Reading beating West Brom, and now West Brom had Stefan Sessignon from Benin and the Nigerian Victor Anishibi involved, but it was Reading who won the game. Now, a couple of things I need to tell you about this game, Steve, is that Cicely Platin, aged 94, was watching Reading as she always does, must be one of the oldest fans around and loving it. Now, Watford beat Leeds 1-0, and, you know, Watford are so confident these days that they actually left half their first team on the bench. I mean, Odin Agallo, for example, just came on late in the game. It meant that Nordin Amrabat, their new Moroccan player, got a chance to start, and Watford into the last eight of the cup. And how about this for an interesting background stat, Steve? The Watford manager, Quiki Flores, is a bit of a cup specialist. He's won the Portuguese Cup with Benfica, the Europa League and the European Super Cup with Atletico Madrid. He's lost in the final of the Spanish Copa del Rey, and he's won three cups in the United Arab Emirates. Who's to bet against him putting the FA Cup onto that impressive CV? An amazing record the Watford manager has there. Um, Stuart, you're talking there about Manchester City. They put out a second-string squad there and had that heavy defeat to Chelsea. But you also told us a few weeks ago how famous the English FA Cup is uh, and how this was the first-ever cup tournament in the world. Why then would Manchester City not put out their strongest team? Well, the problem for them is that the game was scheduled for Sunday afternoon and the following day they were flying to Ukraine to play a Champions League game against Dynamo Kiev. And then the next weekend they have got the final of the League Cup against Liverpool. And basically Manuel Pellegrini said, look, we cannot have our top players playing those three big games in eight days, including flying back and forward from Ukraine. So he said, I'm sorry, we have to sacrifice something. And he did it with integrity because he did announce this about 10 days ago and said to fans, look, if you go to Chelsea, I need to tell you, you will not see the first team. A real point that Pellegrini makes there is that they had the whole weekend to play the game, but the FA insisted that this was on Sunday afternoon, all for television. And really, if English football wants its teams to do well in the Champions League, then somehow they've got to arrange the fixtures in such a way. There's no reason why that game couldn't have been played on Friday night or even Saturday lunchtime, except for the demands of television. Yeah, that's a tricky one. Now, in France, Sir Stuart, there's been a big controversy involving uh, Ivory Coast right-back Serge Aurier, one of their stars at the 2014 FIFA World Cup. Uh, he plays for Paris Saint-Germain, and uh, well, he had to meet on Monday with the club for a hearing after a big outcry 
over comments that he made on social media where he seemed to make homophobic comments uh, about uh, the coach Laurent Blanc. Um, Serge Aurier subsequently apologised, but uh, after this hearing, it looks as though uh, his future is not good at uh, Paris Saint-Germain. No, he's clearly overstepped the line with his allegedly homophobic comments about manager Laurent Blanc. But as well as that, he seemed to have criticised just about all his teammates. So he will not be a popular man. I can't see him staying at Paris Saint-Germain. I can't see any future there. And just really, what a sad situation for someone to get themselves into. Well, very unfortunate for such a talented player. That's uh, Serge Aurier of Ivory Coast. Well, thanks very much, Stuart, and that's it for the show for this week. But on Facebook and WhatsApp, do tell us what you think about the new FIFA president. The elections were scheduled for Friday, so this week's show was recorded before the vote. Uh, But do tell us if you think that the new FIFA president is the right man for the job. Will he be good for African football? The WhatsApp number plus 447955232780. That's plus 447955232780. Or log on to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Lots of games on around Africa this weekend in the CAF Champions League and the Confederation Cup. Preliminary round second leg games. So wish you all the best if teams from your country are playing. You can follow us on Twitter, by the way, the address at Planet Sport FA, the website planetsportfootballafrica.com. From me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashams in Nigeria, and Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a Passion for Sport production.